Loosen, loosen, baby. You don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones. Let go, let go, let go. Loosen, loosen, baby. You don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones. Let go, let go, let go. Hey everyone. Thank you, Allie, for that beautiful song, Loosen, Loosen, that I've been humming and singing. Um, great news from my uh, friend, songwriter, Allie Halpert. She is going to be doing an album. Um, and that Loosen, Loosen that I started with is one of her beautiful songs. So um, I'll share more about that when it comes out. Whew. It has been a month, y'all, a month. Um, so many things have been layering and folding and opening and expanding. And I want to come in and just share today from my heart a number of things that have, um, become clearer. Today's episode is a little bit mm, all over the place in some ways because what I did was write down a bunch of notes in terms of things that I want to presence. And so the title of this episode is I Changed My Mind. And I want to talk for a minute about changing our minds and giving ourselves permission to change our mind. And that I always want to be really transparent about this intuitive, spiritual, heart-centered life that like we can change our minds and things we might think go one way and then we're actually open to them going another way. <laughs> And I think it's something we, we don't talk about enough that you may have times that you change your mind. And so for me, I, a while back shared in an episode that I had decided to stop teaching at American university for a number of reasons. And I've had this wonderful break. And when I got the request to come back and the assignment day and time. And I sat with it and I listened inside and I um, connected with a few soul friends on it. And I've changed my mind. I want to go back. I want to see now in person, post online school, how it feels. And I listened to the tingles and the excitement that I was experiencing when I thought of the opportunity to return in person. I'm also basically completely revamping my course to be regenerative and aligned 
with where I am and the kind of work I want to do in the world. And so what I think is really happening is that there was one way that I was teaching at university for four years that um, needs to close or die out or change. And so it feels as if this break was an opportunity for that refresh, that reset, for that um, rebuild. So I really see four, four and a half years ago as the beginning, and then live teaching as the middle, and Zoom teaching as the end. And then there was a close. That chapter was closed. There was a period. There was a break. There was a pause. There was a rest. There was a digest. And then there's a rebirth. And in this case, the rebirth is actually going back to the same university. Um, and it's a rebirth of the class, a rebirth of who I am at this moment. And I'm excited about that. And so I really wanted to share the behind the scenes of I changed my mind and giving myself permission for rebirth, permission to revamp the class in a way that really is regenerative and honoring of who I am. And so are there any areas of your life where you feel like, huh, I'm, you know, maybe you're looking for a, re a closing out and a pause, you know, it, 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 I've said a little bit here about Shemitah, the year of release, the of debt release, letting the land lie fallow and of returning to natural rhythms and deepening into Shabbat and rest. Um, and really thinking about debt, thinking about forgiveness, thinking about release um, at a spiritual, emotional, mental, physical realm level, not just um, financial, not just um, tangible, not just earthly. So um, where can you change your mind? Where might you change your mind? Where might you, maybe you committed to something and now you really don't, you're not feeling it. It's not vibing. It's not regenerative. So these are the things we talk about doing on purpose. And a big part of living this Lola life or the village life or living with consciousness and intentionality is doing things on purpose. And in order to do things on purpose, we have to see our patterns and habits. We have to pay attention to our lives, to our relationships. And that might mean that your circle gets smaller it might mean your social calendar opens up a bit. Maybe it's not so busy so that you can pull back enough to see clearly what's really here and get into the harmony and flow of the season and moon cycles around you, right? This, the, the cycling and the spiraling and the phasing is always happening, period. Whether you're paying attention or not, it's happening, and so how might it feel to actually pay attention to it? So changing our minds, giving ourselves permission, doing things on purpose leads me to this uh, phrase, which I'm saying all the time, which is, I choose this. I choose this. I choose this life. I choose this flow. I'm making choices about how much or how little I work, about how much money I bring in or not. I choose the relationships I want to be in. 
I choose the sacred activism I want to participate in. And activism is a way of activating or taking action. I choose where I'm giving my money, my time, my energy, my effort. And that feels amazing to know that there is choice, to know that there is freedom and liberation in the choosing. And at this, at this point, that is real. You know, this choosing at this point in this stage of my life, in this moment, I have a lot of choice. And part of that choice practice is looking for it, feeling into it and, um, actually saying, um, you know, where are the areas I have choice? Where are the areas I don't have choice? And if choice is a practice, can I expand my choices and my options? Where do I feel like I have choices? And where do I feel like I don't have choices? This then leads us into a little bit of a conversation about power. And I had a Again, like I said, today I've got a bunch of different things I'm just going to kind of loop together. You may want to take some notes about power, uh, choice, permission, changing our minds. But um, I was having a conversation recently with a beloved, beloved friend. Shout out to Megan Leahy, parent coach. Um, she does not listen to the podcast because we I don't read her stuff and she tends to not uh, listen to mine. But she is my beloved, beloved soul sister. We're having this conversation. Um, you can find out more about her at MeganLeahyParentCoach.com, but we're having this conversation about power. And she was talking about parenting and, you know, parents finding their power and being empowered. And I was, and, and she was talking about, um, I don't know, just the relationship with power and how much it, it impacts our relationships with our children and our families. And I was sitting with it and there was some discomfort. And we, we often have these kind of like big conversations, you know, after school and we don't necessarily always agree on things. And then we get off and then I'm still kind of ruminating and thinking more deeply. And I think one of the things that wasn't clarified in my conversation with her was that there is power over power under and power with or beside. And so part of this choosing and part of this consciousness and on purpose living is about where in the dynamics and the power dynamics is, am I having power over someone? This comes up a lot in conversations on race, privilege, and oppression. Where might I have power over someone where might someone have power over me so I'm under? And where might I walk beside or with other humans? And that we, and in that case, can we both feel, find, and embody our own power? And I love that idea. You know, I was kind of mapping this out where is the power over? Where is the power under? And what about walking with and besides? And I'm going to land this into our community because, you know, in the past, I've done a lot of studies in yoga, meditation, uh, a lot of Vedic studies, a lot of Eastern studies. And within that model, there can be and there is a history in the lineage of guru, of 
the power over or someone else is holding the power and they're giving you some of it. Now, sometimes, again, I'm making like vast generalizations here just to kind of open this up. If we were in dialogue, (laughs) we would be able to um, go a little bit deeper. But, you know, in general, what I found for myself was that that model did not feel like there was power with or power beside. And now there was a number of things that I did professionally that showed me how to do that in really, really compassionate, generative, aligned, beautiful ways. And so now for me, in terms of the teacher role, right? Because remember, some of you may not know this, but I'm actually trained a classic, like my a graduate degree is in education. So I was a classroom teacher and an administrator. So in that role, right, traditionally, now not the school I went to, there it was very, very much inquiry-based in terms of how to become a teacher, but traditionally there's a teacher at the front of the room and she's she or he or they are telling you the information and you're absorbing it, right? And we're so beyond that model that that model does not work <laughs> um, for most of us. So really thinking about how we can have community and have power with where in my life do I, are there places where I have power and you have power? Where me having power, empowerment, embodiment, choice, action doesn't take away from your power. Like, I love this idea that the more embodied and integrated and powerful I feel with you, the more it actually becomes contagious into your system, right? And that means more questions rather than answers. So that means in, in, you know, when you're having conversations with your kids or your, your families that you're asking questions and then stopping and listening rather than, well, I think you should do this, or don't you want to do this? You know, all of that kind of talking. So these are some of the things I'm really thinking about with choice, with power, with embodiment. And this leads me to, you know, thinking about the the, the, I put in my notes, sweet relief. And my sweet relief is the idea that we have a lot of parts in us, right? And it's like stems from internal family systems. But beyond that, the really simple, 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 simple way of saying this is that there are parts of me that feel happy about my kids growing up and becoming independent, uh, more independent in every area of their life. And there are parts of me that are grieving childhood. So there is a part of me that loves, loves being a mom of a teen, teenage girl and a tween boy. That's how they identify right now. And there's a part of me that is like, what just happened to my babies And there's a part of me that longs for their, you know, touch and embrace and that the sweet relief part comes in because I can allow all these parts to be here. So again, when we're talking about choice, freedom, power, purposeful living, we can have sweet relief from binary thinking, from having to be all one thing or all another. And I find that in this parts work, it gives us so much more space and like critical thinking lens in order to just be with what is.
Now, another aspect that's really important to this is that these parts are helping form embodied leadership for me. And I see leadership, I see all of us as leaders in our homes, in our lives, in our families, at our work, in our communities. Like there are so many opportunities to be a great leader. And what is embodied integrated leadership? It's the ability to see the patterns, make choices and decisions. And for me, it feels really important to have power with the group, power with the class, power with the community, power with my family. And this is breaking down these models of power over. And that just feels so regenerative and so exciting. Um, It's so, so the old model of teaching was extremely extractive in many ways and exhausting or, or being in community um, was very exhausting and extractive. And these models of power with and and bringing our parts into our leadership, I don't, it just feels so different. And I'm not new to these realms, right? Like this is where I've spent the majority of my professional career is community, teaching, learning, growing, expanding, uh, managing leadership, um, running businesses, running organizations, you know, working with people. And so embodied integrated leadership allows for all of these pieces. And I'm just finding it, I'm like so in awe, A-W-E, it's awesome to be in a family dynamic where every member of our family has power with, and we have it together, and we're exchanging ideas, and we're um, sharing responsibilities, and it's like a really fun and magical way of being in the world. Um, let's see if there's anything else I want to touch on today. I don't think so. I I think that's enough for today. Um, I have some follow-ups that I'll do another episode on. Let me know how this lands with you. Let me know where you might have some choices or decisions or changing your mind that's coming up for you. And always, always feel free to reach out. Be well. And I hope that I get to see you in real life soon for a big hug. And if not, then on Zoom, of course, which we love. Thank you, Zoom gods. And in the meantime, be, be so well. Loosen, loosen, baby. You don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones. Let go, let go, let go. Loosen, loosen, baby. You don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones. Let go, let go, let go.